Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or website for ways to give. So good. Hey, and, and, and there, there's some things, you know, uh, you know, Mark, you, you gotta, you gotta use a little filter for Mark. Like he, he's, he's a cowboy from Haiti, you know, that's uh, who he is. But Mark, thank you for coming and speaking right to us and not putting things through a filter. We love that. Uh, but uh, man, my heart goes out to Barrick, right? Like they, they fight, you know, uh, all the demons in Haiti <laughs> that are coming against them. And then a snake bites Derek on the, on the knee and they're in the, in the emergency room till one in the morning last night. And uh, I'm tired of putting up with stuff like that in the church. Amen? Anybody else? Are you convinced of that? Can we just reach out our hand to this family and specifically right now, uh, Lord, we pray for massive encouragement to the whole family from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, from the inside of their hearts to the outside, God. We pray they would be blessed in every single way. All the wisdom they need, God, that you would supply. All the, the finances that they need, God, you would supply. God, all of the, the strength that they need. I, I just pray that these would be days, God, where, where the, the next 15 years w- would outshine the first, God, that they would be operating in, uh, in your power like never before, God. I just pray that, that you do a great work in them, that they will be operating in your power like never before in a dark place, and specifically for Barak and his knee. We just pray for immediate healing to his knee, God, that the swelling would begin to reside, that you would touch him and that you would heal him, God. We believe that you, you are the God who heals, and so we pray right now in faith, touch our brother Barak. In Jesus' name. And God, just for the next moments as we open up our Bibles, God, get right to our hearts. We need you so bad. Get right to our hearts. God, we want an encounter with your heart as we open up your word, God. So I just pray that your word would do what it does. It would, uh, it would pierce stuff. It would divide stuff. We pray for all the hidden compartments that we've been trying to uh, do life with, the things that we're keeping from you. God, we pray that you would, you would shine your light, the light of your word on those things, and that everything in our hearts would be surrendered to you, and that we would actually be a church who reaches, who reaches people, God. That's what we want. Jesus, church, churches reach people. And so, that's what we're asking for right now. Begin to uh, raise us up and send us out, God, like never before. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, grab your Bibles today. We've got a, a few moments. Um, I haven't been standing uh, really in front of you much. I've been uh, gladly sharing the pulpit with so many other people that have been coming into uh, the house at, at Providence. Um, can I tell you this, that that is a good thing? I've had people be angry at me before. They're like, if you're in the church, you should be in the pulpit. I just don't see that in the Bible. I think that a good, healthy discipleship culture actually doesn't just allow people to receive from one set of giftings like mine, even though I'm the lead pastor here, but actually allows others to receive from other people's giftings and anointings. And so we've been able to have people from India and Australia and all around the world and and Haiti speaking into your life. And I want to say that is a Jesus church. The churches are not built on one person's or one leader's personality. Uh, it's just the whole church coming together and just and sharing. I think, I think we grow more that way. And so that is what has been happening. Um, and, uh, and we're in a series right now called Reach. Pastor Tom started it last week. I'm continuing it today, and then I'll be wrapping it up uh, tomorrow. In this REACH series, we're going to be talking about what is God's heart for reaching the world. Do you know that the the last command that Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven is go into all the world. 
make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I commanded. And then he, he has this promise. So in case that we thought that we have to do that by strategies and our own efforts, he says, and I'm with you always to the very end of the earth. So it's the presence of God that empowers the mission. Amen? Um, so, but God has called us. If we are Jesus' people, we have to realize that God has called us not just to enjoy him here, but take his heart and his presence and his power out there wherever we go. And I believe these are the days. Do you know that, that Gen Z, can we hear it for Gen Z? God is not done with them, all right? Do you know that Gen Z, statistically, uh, there has never been a, a generation ever that has been more, more willing to give their lives to full-time missions in the nations than Gen Z. Do you know that? Half of Gen Z, 50% of Gen Z said, I will give my life, of, of Christians in Gen Z, says, I will give my life to missions, full-time missions in the nation. What God is doing in these days is absolutely astounding. God is calling his church uh, to out to see people, to have compassion for people. I want to talk about that a little bit today. If you open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, uh, 1 through 6, that's where I'm going to be today. But I, I just want to remind you that God has called the church to reach people with the gospel. But today I want to discuss how reaching people starts with, listen to this, starts with compassion, not rules. Okay, let me just say that again. Reaching people does not start with you trying hard. Reaching people does not start with you learning how to argue with people and calling it apologetics. All right? Reaching does not start that way. If you learn apologetics but you do not have compassion, you're just going to be making other people angry. All right? God, the, the presence and power of God does not ride on your anger. It rides on his heart. You hear this? All right? So I want to discuss how the church is called to reach people with the gospel, reach people with the heart of God, reach people with the best news that we've ever had. But reaching people does not start with, with your, your slickness to share four spiritual laws with others. All right? All right? The, the reaching people with the gospel does not actually start with law. It starts with compassion. It starts with heart. Whatever, whatever was in the heart of God that... that uh, called him to send his son into the world for people that abandoned him and did not want him. Man, that is what we as a Jesus church have to get back in touch with. Do you hear this? Man, if you are feeling like you have to share Jesus with people, start with four rules because you're supposed to, I'm telling you, it's not going to work. I mean, the, the grace of God is big enough that maybe sometimes, you know, you know, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn or whatever. Is that the expression? But for the most part, the church is so, supposed to be so high on compassion, so in tune with the heart of God, so looking on people that are hurting instead of being frustrated, they, their heart breaks with God's. Because when God looks on a crowd, he doesn't get angry. He has compassion, does he not? Is that not what the scriptures say? Right? When God looks on crowd, he, uh, he doesn't say, why are you here? He doesn't start saying, you're just here because you want more bread. All right? He actually does the miracle of bread out of compassion and meets their needs so he can open their hearts to what is in fact true. So reaching people starts with compassion, not rules. Can I just share a, uh, I'm going to read this passage in Luke, but can I just share a, a personal testimony about this? It's going to be a victory one. I'm not trying to brag, but I want to give you a little look into my life on what this is looking like more. Can I get your permission this morning? Can I do that? All right, I'm a nice person. I need your permission. All right? So, hey, all right? 
Well, I was, uh, I was buying a car for my wife a few months ago, and, um, and I, I walked into this dealership, or I was, I was actually looking at the car in the parking lot, and this young guy comes out, and, uh, you know, I don't trust car salesmen, I'm sorry, uh, Steve, uh, but uh, I, 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 I don't trust him. He comes out, and he's smiling, he's saying all the right things and stuff. I've done my homework on this vehicle, I know what it's worth, and you know, I, don't, I don't have any questions for this guy. But he comes out, and he's doing his spiel, and um, you know what? Instead of getting frustrated at him, and my, my wife was there too, my wife, Adrian, and I, our hearts just broke for this guy. We kind of like, kind of did this to his weird words. <laughs> we're just like, whatever, all right? And we just saw this guy, and our hearts were beating for his heart, guys, all right? And so we ended up buying the vehicle, and, and as I was doing the paperwork, and I was sitting down, he comes and he sits down. He kept calling me Mr. Herndon. I kept calling him to tell me Nathan, uh, or call me Nathan, but uh, he wouldn't. He was calling me Mr. Herndon. He really wanted to sail. Uh, but uh, um, he said, hey, uh, as we're working on the paperwork here, um, we've got about 15 minutes uh, until it's finished. And so you guys are just going to hang for 15 minutes. And man, I felt, I just felt like I, I couldn't look at this guy. I was almost crying in his presence. I was just like, man, God, God wants this guy. Man, God has a heart for this guy. Have you ever looked at somebody who's trying to just use you, but you don't care? All right. That you, man, you can't not feel what God feels about this guy. It was just love, all right? And so I just whispered a prayer to the Holy Spirit because remember, we don't, we don't uh, in the flesh try to argue people into heaven. With, in the power of the Spirit, we, we line up our hearts with God's. And I just whispered a prayer to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Give me a word that will open up this guy's heart. I got 10 or 15 minutes. Just do it. I'm here. Yo, right? So anyway, I whispered that prayer, and what, God, what the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart was, um, was a burrito joint that I went to with Caleb Kinsley, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, ask him about burritos. Now, this guy is Hispanic, all right? And I was like, there is no possible way that I, a pastor, am going to ask a Hispanic guy about burritos. Holy Spirit, I don't care what you are saying. I'm not, and he's like, do it, do it, do it. So I said, hey, I got a weird question for you. He's like, yeah, shoot. I said, do you, do you like to eat? <laughs> he goes, yeah. He was like, I'm 22 years old. I love to eat. I'm like, oh, cool, me too. Hey, can, you lost, can you tell I've lost 20 pounds since the last time you see me? Can you see that? All right. But uh, I said, uh, I, I, really, I really wish I'm excited for Thanksgiving. All right. But anyway, uh, but uh, that is a true fact. But I, I said, so, hey, I, I like to eat too. Um, I said, do you like to eat burritos? And, and he's staring at me. And I said, uh, I said, well, the reason I'm asking is there's this little burrito joint. It's like a hole-in-the-wall kind of place. And I told him the name of it. Um, and, uh, and he looked at me. It's like he dropped his pen, and he's staring at me. And suddenly, guys, listen, I promise you, I could see his, art, his heart opening, and I did not know why. He goes, why are you asking me about that restaurant? I said, why don't you tell me? And he says, that's where my mom works. I'm like, oh, really? Dude, I could cry right now about this guy. He says, so I said, tell me about your mom. And that is where the pain was. He had a bad relationship with his mom. And for about 10 minutes, I got to meet a guy who just wanted to, I just got to speak into a guy who just wanted to use me for a paycheck. And I could see past that supernaturally. I don't naturally do this. But I could see past that into the heart. I feel like this guy's called to be a pastor, but he's selling cars. I feel like this guy's going to be used in the kingdom and he's selling cars. And I said, hey, listen, uh, do you go to church anywhere? He's not really. I said, listen, I'm going to be your pastor. 
If you, <laughs> if you need anything, call me. Here's my number. You have it. Um, call me. If you ever want to go to your mom's place and, you know, we, we'll eat burritos together, I said, I'm open and I'm available. And so we've started a little kind of dialogue. He's mostly, uh, he, the last time he called me, he said, hey, I know you like Toyota 4Runners. We just got one in. I'm like, ha Okay. And so we're, we're, we're talking. I don't know. But, uh, but his heart is, listen, guys, I'm telling you, th- this, this should be the normal part of life, that we should be able to be in, in relationship with the Holy Spirit enough that we feel like the heart of God, that the Holy Spirit is, we, we know what his voice sounds like, and we're willing to say what he tells us to say in a moment. All right, you see this. So here's, what, here's actually the, the model, and Jesus does this in the Gospel of Luke. I was going to use this in our Parables and Miracles series, but I'm converting this to our Reach series because reaching is exactly what Jesus is doing when he's doing these miracles. And then he's calling us, guys, this is how you do it. Go for it in the world. You're going to do greater things than me. For some reason, we've turned off miracle power, and we've said, well, Jesus was just doing that. But we're ignoring so much of the scripture was Jesus is like, guys, guys, do the stuff. Do the stuff. Listen to this. This is Luke chapter 14, starting with verse 4. I'm just going to go to verse 6. It says this. One Sabbath, when he, this Jesus, went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. Now, I want to stop you right there. Okay, this is a Sabbath day, so this is the holy day. You're not supposed to work on this day according to Old Testament law and according to the Mishnah or the other rules that the Pharisees wrapped around Old Testament law. So it was much more stringent than the Bible itself. All right? So this is the Sabbath day. You're not allowed to, you know, you have to count your steps. You can't do much on a Sabbath day uh, in, in this culture, especially to the Pharisees. And I also want to see this. I want you to see this, though, that we always celebrate Jesus, like, kind of locking and loading and, like, attacking the Pharisees and telling them how their religiosity is not a part of his heart and his kingdom. But can you see that he's sitting at a table eating with them? Do you see this? Jesus did not only sit with lepers and sinners and the the detestable and the broken and the downhearted. He did sit with those, and that actually made the Pharisees angry, but Jesus also ate with the Pharisees. He's not a respecter of persons. He just loves people. Do you see this? He's eating with the Pharisees, all right? If you are here and you're more religious than, than not, all right? You, you care more about law-abiding than receiving free gifts of grace through faith, all right? I want to tell you today, Jesus still likes you and wants you. And we see that here, that Jesus is sitting at, at on a Sabbath day, he's sitting at a, uh, in a Pharisee's house. This is no regular Pharisee. This is what the Bible says, a ruler of the Pharisees. And here's why they invited him over. They were watching him carefully. That's what they're doing. Ever been watched before? Jesus has, all right? They're not watching to figure out how to bless him. They're not, they're, they're not watching him to say, what are your real needs? We really want to get behind you. We, we love your heart, all right? They're watching him because this is, this is a setup. They're trying to take him down. Look at verse 2. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. Dropsy is a debilitating disease. I won't get into that, but it's not good. Look at verse 3. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. Now, this is scandalous because you are not supposed to heal people. That's a kind of work that the Mishnah says you can't do on the Sabbath day. But Jesus is doing it anyway. Don't you love how irreligious Jesus is? 
Man, Jesus is the most, is it John Mark Pantana that has a song, Jesus is the most irreligious person that I know, right? Jesus is breaking laws for love's sake right in front of the people who keep the laws. Lawyers, Pharisees, rulers. Man, man, don't you like that? Yeah, Angie does. All right, thanks, Angie. So he took him and healed him and sent him away. Look at verse 5. And he said to them, that's the lawyers and Pharisees and rulers, which of you, man, this is power. Man, this is really good. Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? Man, what a question. <laughs> what a power question. All right? I, I want to stop here for a moment because this actually shows us what, G, what, what Jesus thinks about the sick. Do you know what being sick is to Jesus? It's like you've fallen down a well. And there's no question about, hey, how many of you, if you had a son or a daughter or an animal, how many of you would say, hey, I guess God wants you down there? I guess you fell into that well. I guess, yes, the Lord's will that you be down there. It's just good luck, right? That's not it at all. Jesus says, hey, this is a guy that was trapped. His well was called dropsy. I pulled him out. All right? And they look at verse 6, and they could not reply to these things. Because they have a man-made re religion. They're going, they're going up against God the flesh, who is carrying the kingdom and shattering all their preconceived notions. Guys, I want to I just go through this passage for uh, just, just an, another moment here, break this down. Um, the Pharisees had invited Jesus not to love on him, not to bless, on, uh, not to bless him, not to sit at his feet like, like Mary would have, not to learn from Jesus, but they, they uh, invited him to their house to eat with him to set him up. So they invited him on the Sabbath, and the Sabbath day was a strategic day. They want to see if Jesus is going to break the law and heal somebody on the Sabbath. And so it's no, no mystery that a man with dropsy shows up because that was strategic. The Pharisees had him there. He didn't just wander in randomly. Do you see this? So the Pharisees are actually taking a man who needs help, who needs healing, who needs a doctor, and instead of caring for him, do you know what they're doing? They're using him as bait for the master. All right? That is what's going on here. It may look, it may look very religious. We're having Jesus over. It may look really good. Underneath it, it was like mafia. It was nasty. It was, it was these people. All they're trying to do is they're trying to make it look like they love God, but all the while they don't even care for the guy and they're trying to take Jesus out because he's threatening to their ridiculous world. You see? All right, and so behold, there was a man before him with dropsy. This is, uh, I'm suggesting that this was staged and planned and that the Pharisees brought in a very sick man, not out of compassion, not out of desire to see him healed, but as bait. So one way you know that you're a Pharisee is you use people to serve you rather than genuinely hurting for people in their pain. All right, man, and I, I will say today, if you actually are a Pharisee, the, the best thing you can do is admit that. Hey, listen, I'm a user of people. I use people all around me to, make, to help me. Rarely, if ever, do I ever lay my life down like Jesus to bless them. Rarely do I ever shed a tear when I see somebody suffering. Rarely, if ever. All right? 
And God is breaking a spirit, a pharisaical spirit in these days. He is not putting up with that anymore, especially in the church. Come on, guys. we got to receive this. How many of us want Jesus' heart, not the heart of a Pharisee? All right, but the, the church has looked pharisaical for far too long. And today, man, let it break. Holy Spirit, come on. All right? So, and here, look at verse 3. It says that Jesus responded. Can, can I, th- those, are, those are two powerful words because it did not say Jesus reacted. That's what we do. All right? We, we react when we hear something. We, we react when we see something. We, we react, but Jesus didn't react. He responded. So important. We, we fling ourselves into social media conversations that we shouldn't. You know why? It's reacting. Social media is not the place to get your agenda across. Social media is not the place to, to help disciple somebody. It's a cesspool, all right? And it is that face-to-face is how you respond in a kingdom way. All right, you have conversations with people. You don't fire off random things and show pictures, all right? So Jesus did not react, but also this, he responded. That means he didn't do nothing. He didn't have this guy used and abused, suffering in his pain, right in front of him and just say, not going to get me, Pharisees. He didn't do nothing, guys. The church has to, be, has to have this, this beautiful power where we don't react to stupidity in the world, we, where we don't react and get baited by the devil, but we actually do something. We respond in a kingdom way where we don't do nothing, where we don't just you know, play powerless, where we respond by doing something. And what Jesus does is he heals the man. But how he healed him gets my attention. He's, it's, it's a three-step three process here. Here's how. First of all, he took him. So I picture Jesus getting up from the table, moving the man like a, uh, for, like, like a court jester, you know, who, who is here to perform for everybody in his pain and agony. Jesus moves him away from the people that were using him. He gets him out of that environment. So he took him and he says, I've got you, you are mine. All right? I'm getting you out of this environment. So he took him. Number two, he healed him in that new environment that he created for the man. It was a safe place. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. And then number three, he sent him, but he didn't send him back to the Pharisees who were using and abusing him. He sent him into a new life, healed from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Come on, anybody? All right? All right? Now, what all this is doing is, is, uh, is, is it's leading up to a great confrontation that Jesus has with the Pharisees because Jesus, in verse 5, confronts the Pharisees' horrific theology, and he does it with a question. Here's what that question is. It's in verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? In other words, if you see something that you own or love, that you, you own an ox, you love a son, and they fall into a well, wouldn't your love surpass your loss? Would not you start beginning, I don't know if that was proper English, but wouldn't you start, uh, start operating in the law of love instead of the written law of man? Wouldn't you start doing that? Jesus asked them, and they know the question, and I actually think that this is a prophetic utterance of Jesus. I actually think that maybe it was the ruler of the Pharisees himself that this just happened to him. He just had his son fall into a well. He called these guys that are now at the table. He's like, help me get him out. I think that Jesus knows enough to speak right to something that actually happened. All right? But even if it didn't, everybody would get this. Hey, if my son fell in a well, I'd get him out. I'd dig him out. I'd get down there, and they're with him. I'd say, crawl up me. I'll stay in the well. You are getting out, boy. 
And so here, here Jesus is, is confronting this, and, the, and he's really what he's doing is he's confronting the Pharisees' real problem, all right? Their, their real problem is not that they don't know rules. They're, they actually know rules well. They know rules better than God. They know, know rules well enough to miss the Messiah standing right in front of them, all right? But they've completely, here's the Pharisees' real, real problem, is that they've completely missed God's heart and they know nothing of the law of love. They would rather see a person suffer and not get healed because it's the Sabbath. And you know that in, in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, I think it's verses 27 and 28. I think we have it on the screen. Jesus explained what the Sabbath is for. And he says, he says man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It's supposed to be like a snow day once a week where we get recharged, re-energized in God. All right? And then Jesus says, and I am the Lord of the Sabbath. All right? You're using the Sabbath to control people. You, you're completely missing the heart of God. You're not even using the Sabbath rightly. I'm using it rightly because in the kingdom of God, people are set free on Sabbath days. You see this? And they would rather use this man than free this man. They'd, they'd actually be more happy. Listen to this. This is Pharisaism at its finest. They would actually be more happy if Jesus did nothing and the, and the man with the disease stayed sick. Completely lost compassion. Completely lost a heart for God. Man, and I tell you what, we've spiritualized that so much in the church. Man, I just want to vomit it out and move on. I want to start saying, God, like you've saved us. Do you know that Jesus perfectly obeyed the law for us? So being a Christian is not giving you a second chance at following the law. That's heresy, guys. That is massive heresy. Nobody will be saved on their own effort, even if you get a second chance. Second chance. If you got, if you got a trillion chances... You would never properly obey the law. It is impossible. The, the law was given to us to show us our need for the Messiah. You know what the Messiah Jesus did? He came, the one person who could, who could properly fulfill the law for us. And then he gives it to us, not because uh, we've earned it or deserve it or have worked hard enough for us, not because he wants to use us, all right? He's not like the Pharisees. He wants to set us, he, he wants to turn us loose. Like, you know, he wants to fill us with his spirit and turn us loose into a dark world, but not because he needs us. Do you know that he wants us? All right? Pharisees don't want people except people that will serve them. Jesus wants sons and daughters, people that will enjoy him, you see. That's what Christianity is, receiving the righteousness that Jesus has bought for us, all right, for free. And receiving it. Christianity is not working hard and, and with effort and trying and then offering God uh, a broken righteousness. You know what God, God says? That's like filthy rags. That will never work. The law was never made to save you. And so Jesus has taken these Pharisees to school who, who prided themselves on being teachers of the law. The irony here, guys, is that they don't even know the law that they say they teach. You see this? All right? And they would, but these guys, they know that they would break the law by saving an animal before a man with dropsy. They know they would, they, would break, they would break the law by saving a son. They know that they would do that. And Jesus is saying, that is a kingdom truth that you are missing, that you are missing. You see this, guys? Like there's something in the heart of God that when people are stuck and when people are disease-filled, 
and when people are broken, it's like, it's like Jesus says, it's like if your son or even your animal was in a well, you just throw caution to the wind and you pull them out and you go for it. That's how God feels about people that are stuck and hurt and broken. So reaching people, can I tell you this, guys, listen to this. Jesus, uh, Jesus Church reaches people. We've been doing that better th than I think that we ever have this year, 2023. I think we're going to continue to do it. But next week, I'm going to share with you a lot of statistics about ways that we've reached people. And uh, next week, I'm not going to tell you this week, but next week, I'm going to let you know that we're going to continue doing that in 2024. I'm not going to share the inside scoop yet. I'll do that next week. But just for this week, I want to let you know that Generosity Sunday 2024 is January 21st, 2024. I'm not going to share that now. I'm going to share that then. All right? You catch that? All right. January 1st. January 21st, 2024 is going to be our next Generosity Sunday. I was believing for $100,000 then, all right? We brought in over $164,000 this year. I'm believing for $200,000 to come in one week. And we're going to partner with the Stockholms. We're going to partner with what God's doing in Africa. And we're going to partner with what God is doing all around the world. And we're going to bless people. And I'm going to share the stats. But guys, it has to come out of a heart of compassion that when we see people, we're like, pull them out of their, of their mire. Pull them out of their brokenness. Jesus can do this. And we look on the world with compassion. We say, hey, I'm responding to this. I'm not reacting to this. I'm responding and I'm actually going to do something. That is a kingdom principle that God wants to make alive and well in your heart. Every single one of you, your heart. God wants to turn you into a person that looks on a broken world and feels like he feels and doesn't just feel alone but responds like he responds. And he responds with healing in his wings. He responds protecting the innocent from people that would just use them, from Pharisees and the religious system. You see this? This is how God's called us to reach the world. But I just want to, I want to say this in, in closing. This is why we need supernatural gifts in the church. Do you hear this? What has happened is the, is the, the church has, and listen, I'm not, against, I'm, I'm not against studying to show ourselves approved. I love the word of God. I die for the word of God, just like my friends in Fox's Christian Martyrs of the World. Man, it's kind of, man, go ahead and make my day, right? I love the Bible, but I am overcome with the reality that the Bible says you need to reach the world with, with the supernatural gifts that I give and stop pretending that they're not accessible. They're accessible to open people's hearts. Just like, remember, never in a zillion years would I, ask, would I have asked this guy about a burrito, all right? But I said, Holy Spirit, I don't want to reason with this guy. Give me the key to his heart. Holy Spirit says, steak burritos. Steak burritos will open his heart, I'm telling you. Come on. Come on, guys. So these are, these are uh, super gifts, uh, supernatural gifts. I believe that God wants to pour out on the church again. Gifts to heal people. To pray for snake bites. To pray for sicknesses and diseases. I believe, don't, don't you see that when people are hungry, Jesus feeds them. And then preaches. All right? We, we're, we're spiritualizing why, why people just need the word of God. And their physical stuff doesn't matter. No, God, their physical stuff matters. If they're hungry, you got to feed them. If they're naked, you got to clothe them. Uh, if, if, they, uh, if they're in pain, let's comfort them. Come, is, is this, which Bible are we reading today, guys? I'm just, I'm just praying that, that the, we would reach not with man-made strategies in these days, but with spiritual gifts being poured out on the church with power. This is what I'm 
This is what I'm longing for and aching for. This is what I've come to know. I, I pray a prayer before I come up here on stage, every, before I ever make the stage for the most part, and I say, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. My notes are, have no power in themselves to convince anybody uh, otherwise, I must have power. I must have power. So I'm not, I don't want to send us into the world with, uh, with cool ideas. I want to send us in, into the world with the power of the Spirit and eyes of Christ and hearts of compassion where we would see someone, instead of being angry and reacting at them that they're just trying to get money out of me, we see past all the facade. And we say, give me a word for this guy. Give me a word for this young man. So I see a destiny on your life. You may be trying to sell cars, but I think God's going to use your, your, your spoken gifts to actually open people's heart in the future. And man, I just say, I just say this, you know, man, we, we, need, we need healing. We need words of knowledge. They're vital, vitally important. They open people's hearts so they can receive the best news in the world. And the best news in the world is that you don't have to be religious. You have to receive Jesus by grace alone, through faith alone. In Christ alone. All right? How many people want that? So here, amen. Wow, good. Somebody over here really wants it. I don't know who that was, but someone really wants it. Can, can we just do this for a moment? Like, I, I was going to have you stand, but uh, I don't think I'm going to. I, I want, let, let's do this. Let's be bold and crazy. I, I got a little fazzle in me now. Like, hey, that guy's a crazy Australian, all right? How about this? If you want, if you want a download of the compassion of God this morning, why don't you stand right now? But download the compassion of God. More of compassion. God, I want to see people like this. All right. And then how about this? If you, want, if you want to say yes, God, if you want to give me any supernatural gift, if you want to give me some words of knowledge or a word of wisdom, if you want to, any supernatural gift, that Holy Spirit that you want to give me, I'm start, tired of playing it safe. You, we, you can't be cautious about the Holy Spirit. Imagine being cautious about Jesus. I believe in Jesus with caution. What? <laughs> Well, that's not Christianity. You surrender your whole life to him, amen? All right? You surrender your whole life to the Holy Spirit. So I just say, hey, if you, if, if you want to tell the Holy Spirit, hey, I'm following you, but I want to do more than trying hard. I want more than uh, uh, an effort to reach people. I want gifts in these days. Would you give them to me to make Jesus glorious? Would you just raise your hand? Let's, let's just do that. Just as a, as a sign. Amen. So Heavenly Father, I just pray that you look on this place. And we say, say Lord, see that we want your eyes. And we want hearts that burn with compassion. And Holy Spirit, we want your gifts. We're tired of, of the struggle of trying hard. We want your gifts. Would you even just release some of them now, God? Just give them to people. God, let people start taking risks. Let people start being crazy. Let the compassionate heart of God release over people. Crazy. God, crazy to see people loved, crazy to see people found, crazy to see hearts opened in people that don't think they have a future or a hope. God, would you release over people hearts, God, like yours, and then the gifts and the power to reach. God, actually, right now, we repent for trying to reach without you. We repent for trying to reach without you, thinking that if we just study a few laws, God, that's good enough. Oh, God, it's not good enough. I never saw you doing that. God, we just dedicate our hands to you, God. When we reach, may we reach with power. When we see, may we see you through the eyes of Jesus. When, when we encounter other people, may our hearts burn with the presence of God and the desire of God over people, God. God, we, we just pray, uh, we just fan into flame gifts, especially in Gen Z, to reach a generation. Young people and old people alike, God. I just pray that our hearts, we, we would get like a, like a, uh, like a, a wartime mentality. 
like Mark was talking about in Haiti. They don't, they don't have time. They're, they're fighting demons and witch doctors. They do not have time for anything else, God. And I pray that this, in our, in our sphere of the world, God, we would not have time for anything else than your heart and the joy of the Lord and the power of God being released over a people. That's what we want, God. And even right now, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit right now, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to have a conversation with? What backdoor conversations that I've been, have I been having? See, the Holy Spirit won't release stuff like that until you're ready to lay that stuff down. You got, just lay it down. Pornography, lay it down. Like all the stuff, lay it down. Let me tell you, here's a good way to fight pornography. Remember that Jesus is better. That will leave you high and dry. Let it die today. And like the chains of it, let it die today. Along with Netflix. <laughs> Man, Lord, I just pray that Netflix, oh, I won't do it. Uh, save the people at Netflix. Amen, somebody. Amen? All right, come on. So, Lord, I just bless this church. I just pray that we would, we would have uh, uh, torches for hearts. I pray that we would have, spiritually speaking, the sight of an eagle to see people in need. And then, God, I pray that you wouldn't send us in our own power, but in the power of the Spirit. Jesus, just like you modeled, just like you modeled, you would never, you would never think, Jesus, of going into a situation like this without uh, knowing what your Father wanted and the power of the Spirit. So we just say, man, we want to live like you, Jesus, as a Jesus church. We bless you. We praise you. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.